Welcome to the Creative Coaching Podcast, where we bring together coaches, athletes, former athletes, leaders, and influencers. Everyone has a story, and my hope is that when you listen to their stories, you will be inspired and live your life to tell your story one day. Today's guest is Jermaine Johnson. Coach Johnson is an assistant coach at Troy University. We talked to him today about recruiting with your eyes, not your ears, taking the stairs and not taking shortcuts, how being average is just being at the top of the bottom, and how to drink, digest, and manifest. I hope you enjoy this podcast and you look to get better every day. Welcome to the podcast, Coach. Man, ecstatic um, to be a part, man. Ecstatic to be a part. Yeah, no, you, you're. Uh, thank you for being gracious enough to come on and spend some time, uh, making the time to do it. Uh, we have a we have a coaching buddy in common, Coach Sutton, and he spoke very highly yeah. of you. And and I really thought, you know what, if Coach Sutton wants you on, I want you on too. Let's get this done. So here again, like I said, thank you for being so so kind to to, to make some time to be on. So uh, the pleasure is mine. Yeah, Coach. So, how were you introduced to the game coming out of Memphis? It's a great question. Um, my mom, she was working two jobs, and she had, you know, she just retired from the Postal Service, but she was working at the United States Postal Service as well as um, the Community Center, Air Rice Community Center in the heart of North Memphis. And so, um, when she got off work, um, she used to always take me up to the Community Center from, from the time from 5 o'clock into closing. I used to be up there sitting down at eight years old, just watching some of the best half-court games in the city of Memphis and some of the greats that have come through there, man, just over the years. And she was like, you know, we starting a, a peewee, a midget basketball team for eight to 10-year-olds. And I started playing, and I had a woman coach named Janet Gwynn. She taught me the basic fundamentals. And from there on, man, I um, played junior high basketball and, high school basketball at Memphis, Ridgeway High School, very prominent high school in the city of Memphis, and then went on to play junior college basketball at Chattahoochee Valley uh, in Alabama, Phoenix City, Alabama. And so that's where Buzz Williams discovered me uh, after my second year and offered me a scholarship to the University of uh, Texas Arlington to play for uh, Eddie McCarter. And uh, now my current boss um, was a teammate in my first year at, at UTA. So um, uh, after that, I got right into um, being a student assistant with John Calipari. So that's what my journey began in coaching. That's great, Coach. Like, you know, your experience as a player, how did that help you to kind of, you know, you said you were a student, uh, you know, going to Memphis there and working with Coach Cal. How did your playing experience kind of help you in that? Um. It it, 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 it it humbled me. Uh, that that part of my, my, my life, man, that first phase of my adulthood, because I was I was always a starting point guard on every team I played on. Yeah. And um to just completely stop playing college basketball, I mean right after uh, I start I stopped playing college basketball, I became a student assistant because I wanted to coach and just doing the little things, you know, such as organizing camp and 
uh, getting equipment right, you know, for the players that was uh, not far removed from, you know, uh, me, my playing days. It was a humbling experience, and I learned servant leadership at that moment, you know, being able to drive John Calipari around the city of Memphis. It was his first year. Uh, drive him around and introduce him to some of the stakeholders and uh, power brokers in the city of Memphis and just doing some of the managerial stuff, man, that I see guys, uh, you know, that want to get into the business today do. I did it right out of college and becoming, you know, from playing Division One basketball. So it was a very humbling experience where I learned servant leadership and being a servant, you know, serving others. And so um, putting the ego to, to the side and, you know, just just really giving back. And so learn how to become a giver. And so that was a humbling experience for me. So would you say, you know, kind of that first experience with, with Coach Cal there in Memphis, is that what kind of influenced you or prior to that, who was your influence in going into coaching? I think it was more so when I went, my first junior college I went to was Motlow State and a guy named uh, Lamont Snakes. It was it was a small town in Middle Tennessee. It was boring, and on the weekends when we didn't have after the season we didn't have games. I didn't want to drive four hours all the way back to Memphis, and so he asked me, "Why don't you come do some drills with my girls?" And so I started, you know, showing them different dribble moves and showing them some of the starts, stops, and turns that I was learning from a guy that learned up under Rick Rick Bird, uh, named Frank Cole, who was my junior college coach. So he was big on fundamentals and so it was able to translate into me teaching because he was a really good teacher and so I thought at that moment just being with those young ladies and teaching them the basic fundamentals of the game of basketball I had found a love I'm like wow how attentive they were yeah. how eager they were every time I walked in the gym I'm a sophomore and freshman in college and they can't wait to coach JJ come to teach them some basic fundamentals and so my last game, I always knew I wasn't going to play professional basketball. I wanted to be, a, in, in the words of Stan Jones, I wanted to be a basketball educator. Yeah. You know, Coach, one thing about coaching girls and uh, that I've just – I did it for a couple years. I didn't kind of, you know, had a coach that kind of dropped. I was the athletic director at a, at a school district, and uh, coaches didn't come through for whatever reason. So I stepped in. And, uh, man, I had the time of my life because they did exactly what we planned, exactly what we drew up, you know, and, the, and working with young men is not always that simple. And uh, right. it was just, one, like you said, eager to learn, eager to absorb uh, any information that you have for them. That's fantastic, Coach. I, uh, I, I look at everything you've done because then you go into coaching in high school at the high school level and the success you had at Melrose High School, like that's kind of where you carved out, you know, your your name in in certain uh, books. Like I'm here, and and I'm successful, and I'm accomplishing things, and I'm sending kids to college, and all that. What was that? What was that like for you? You know, going from a player to a student assistant, and all those experiences. How, how did that help you to be a head coach at the high school level? It um, you know, it's like when you when you're trying to make some bread, you know, you try to eat uh, yeast by itself is nasty. Yeah. If, if you try to eat uh, flour by itself, it, it's nasty. 
you know, you try to eat uh, just the dough by itself is nasty. And so uh, in each phase of my of my journey, I was able to combine everything that I've ever uh, learned and, and embraced and grasped. Uh, I was able to put it in there, go through some fire. Then I was able to blossom into uh, what I wanted when I became a head coach. And so that bread was done and I was way above my years with guys like Herb Welling and through Herb Welling, I met, well, actually through Herb Stan Jones at Florida State, I met Herb Welling and Herb Welling, Kevin Sutton. And so I was, I was groomed at a young age. Man, I started coaching the YOMCA when I was, man, I'm talking about, I'm coaching against Andre Ugadala. I'm, I'm 23 years old, 22 yeah. years old, coaching in the 19 and under AAU Nationals in the Final Four against those guys. Wow. Uh, J.J. Reddick. And so I was ready because I went through that oven process, those, that mixing process in order to, to run an effective high school basketball program and sustain it. Yeah, so that, that, that sustainability, Coach, there's a lot to say for that because sometimes there's uh, guys who are like a flash in the pan uh, here today, you know, get you excited, you know, do some great things, and they're gone tomorrow. Uh, but your success was sustainable. How, how did that transfer or translate, you know, when you went to the college level as an assistant? Like, what, what did you take with you from that success and, and, and transition it to the next level? Again, serving leadership, uh, being a bucket filler, grinding, uh, working, outworking, uh, mentally, uh, and, and, and physically. You got, you got to get out there and sweat with the guys. Sweat equity is, yeah. is paramount, you know, with the individuals that you want to develop. And so, uh, that, that, that's kind of broad, but I'm going to go in depth. I'm talking about, um, the things that I learned from the Kevin Suddens and the Stan Jones and the Eric Wellens. Uh, I was able to take an inner city high school basketball program that everybody said was a football school. No one wanted this job. It was once one of the most heralded high schools in the city of Memphis in the 70s and 80s and in the early 90s. And then it went on a precipitous fall. And so when I took it, no one wanted this job. And it was in the largest classification. It was in Orange Mound, Tennessee, one of the most crime-infested neighborhoods. Uh, in in in, the, in in America behind Harlem, New York, yeah. and so I I sold the the vision and the mission statement to a bunch of ninth graders, uh, Donna's Thomas, who ended up going to Memphis and ended up being a McDonald's All American, Chris Jones, who ended up going to Louisville, being up being ended up being the National Junior College Player of the Year as a sophomore, he had a thirty four and two record his two years in junior college. Wow. Markel Crawford, Jamario Jones, I mean Willie Atwood, the, the list goes on and on guys that came through our program that, that went division one and had success. Well, the things that Coach Sudden and Welling and Jones instilled in me, I was able to run a college program in the high school and we did media training. They we had basketball notebooks that the old Don Meyer kind of instituted. Yeah. Back at his coaching academy, yeah. uh, they had notebooks, and you be doing this in the inner city school. Um, I want a lot of my guys to be uh, top ten of their class. Adonis was a salutatorian, and so we uh-huh. were students first, athletes second. Um, and those guys, in the word of Kevin Sutton, my living trophies, man. You yeah. know, those yeah. are guys that won championships, but they 
they got degrees. They, they, they went on and they're successful guys in the community and they played professional basketball. They're playing professional basketball. But we ran a, a division, in my, my opinion, a division one program. We had uh, breakfast club workouts at 530 in the morning. Uh, we had boot camp, something I learned from the, my boss now, Scott Cross. We did boot camp before the preseason. You know, we told them in order to be a, be a soldier, you must first go through boot camp. And yeah. so uh, they, they survived boot camp, and they knew scouting reports. We did scouting reports. Uh, they knew how to read scouting reports and, and understand it. Wow. And so we did all of this in the inner city. Uh, high state, they, we watched film, and we broke down intensive film work. And so I had a, a director of performance enhancement in an inner city school. So I hired wow. a guy who's basically a volunteer to be my, I didn't call him a strength and conditioning coach. I wanted to, to empower him. I told him he's the director of performance enhancement, a, a, a coin word that I got from John Calipari working with him Yeah. when he hired uh, uh, Coach Ray from Kentucky. And so everything that we did, we tried to mock and model the, the, the top programs in the country college basketball and so my transition to college was was easy it was easy I was able to each story gave me well Mark Byington at Georgia Southern gave me an opportunity to be his grad assistant and then uh Heath Schroyer gave me an opportunity uh, at the University of Tennessee Martin uh back in 2014 and so the rest is history coach I kind of want to go back to something you said you know working at a school that was a it was a tough situation. Probably, you know, overall the the performance was low academically. Uh, you know, just a tough, rough neighborhood. And here you are having your guys achieving excellence in the classroom and obviously on the court as well. But you talk about servant leadership. And every time, because I've been in education for a while now, and when we talk about statistics, people being statistics, uh, whether it's a uh, Hispanic, African-American community, wherever, we're talking about kids that are underserved, right? That's a term they use. And you're talking about being a servant leader. That's great, Coach, that you were a servant to the underserved. It just, mm. you know, just clicked with me. And I'm like, wow, that's some amazing stuff, Coach, because that's, you're providing an experience, not just a program. And that right there, I think coaches that are listening, you take note, do stuff like this, because when you implement it, in an environment where the kids are desperate for a change in culture, a change of a paradigm shift, if you will, of how they view leadership, take the servant leadership approach and you'll get complete buy-in and have success whether you win every game or not. So, so coach, you know, I really, right. I really appreciate, you know, breaking that down. Cause man, I was, you know, I'm like, wow, you know, all that, that's great stuff. So coach, you know, go ahead. You know, I, I was I was I read a book once, Make the Big Time Where You Are. Yeah, and yeah. I took that book by far as whether making the big time making the big time where you are and our guys used to always say, Coach, what do you mean by that? I said, Well, it's an uncom an, an uncommon mindset, um, whereby people that are common, they just do work. People that that are uncommon do the unrequired work. And wow. so we had to take that, that, that mindset. And so they would get guys' attention like the Penny Hardaway. And that's when he came back in town and he had a middle school team. I used to let him talk to our team and he used to pay for every pregame meal. So we had an inner city high school and Penny Hardaway used to have us 
a pregame meal before every home and away game. Wow. And so those guys that couldn't get meals at night, you know, yeah. some of those were raising themselves and keeping their brother, wasn't getting three meals a day. Uh, that pregame meal meant so much to those guys, and they was thankful and grateful, and they went out and played their hearts out night in and night out because they had a college experience, you yeah. know, yeah. Uh, giving them guys to read different books, the uh, the energy bus, giving each one of them a book, the energy bus great by book. John Gordon. Yeah, and we reading the book, you know, understanding the difference between talent versus talent id, the ED. Yeah. And so yeah. they were well astute from the ninth through the 12th grade. And so when they left my program, I knew that whatever program they went to, whether they went to a high major, mid major, low major, they was going to be able to make the big time where they were. Fantastic, Coach. I love how you how you how you here again. You're putting it all in line for us, and we're listening. and, and I hope people are taking notes because that's just it's fundamentally sound about making the big time where you're at. I think that's so true. And and when you deal with young people, like you talked about, just a meal, something they might not have got that night at home. You're when kids act up or act a fool or however you want to look at it. Usually, it's because there's unmet needs. There's something that's lacking. And for you to meet those needs at whatever capacity you can meet them, man, that, 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 that means everything. And so great stuff, Coach. So when we talk about, you know, your team success, because you had a lot of success at the high school level, had some success as a player, uh, you know, the levels that you've gone through in coaching now at the, at the college level, how do you uh, view team success? That's another great question, man. How do I view team success? Uh, number one, I, I believe in getting better, and I just, you know, that 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 word may be cliche. I believe getting better academically, athletically, and socially. Yeah. I mean, in other words, we want to get better holistically. Yeah. That's number one. Um, number two is make every play count. You know, every play count. That's on the court. And off the court, because in the you playing the game of life, you know whether it's decision with in a relationship, whether it's a decision with your family member, whether it's a decision with someone in the community, or with your professor, or your teacher, uh, you want to make every play count. You know, make each day your masterpiece. We want to play to yeah. win. Yeah, we want to win in the game of life. We want to win on the court. We want to win in the classroom. And, and, more, and number four, have fun. If you're having fun and you're enthusiastic and you you, you got a, a eagerness and you got a urge and a want to, it's hard as you have to. It's easy if you want to. And more often than not, you have fun in the want to stage. Yeah. And then last but not least, finish everything. If you want to finish every rebound, finish every defensive stop, finish every win sprint. You know, finish it when you're lifting weights. You know, finish your shooting program. Want to finish and everything, and, and and then let's finish the game. Let's finish the yeah, game, and, yeah. and and I think that goes hand in hand with winning on the basketball court and winning in life. Uh, you got a real complete product, and yeah. I think that, in my own uh, term, we we consider really good team success. Those five pillars. Coach, I like what you said about finishing. Uh, you know, when I was a kid, I wanted to play Pop Warner football, right? My dad paid mm -hmm. the, paid the $40, which was a lot back then. And uh, 
you know, I went to the practice. I was, I was only eight years old, came back kind of whining and crying. And he says, no, nah, I already paid the 40 bucks. You're not quitting. And, you know, nowadays 40 bucks is laughable to some parents and some kids will just be like, yeah, well, I got 40 bucks in my lunch bag. I'll give it to you, daddy. Here, here let me get out of here. Uh, but you know what I noticed in that whole mentality of finish this, finish that? He made me finish what I started. And mm. from that point on, had I not, had I, he let me quit, I would have quit every other time I had the opportunity. I would have quit, hey. quit coaching. I would have quit being a leader. I would have quit my marriage. I would have quit a lot of things. You know what I mean? And so mm-hmm. I think that's what you're, when you say finish, you're talking about finish what you start, finish. That's right. You know, get, that's get, right. get through it, persevere. Amen. Kids can learn a lot. Us, us adults can learn a lot from just, you know, that alone. So I, I love those Absolutely. pillars, coach. I really do. And I appreciate you sharing that with us. So coach, when you think about, you know, culture and fit, we usually think of that in terms of when a player comes into our programs, but I kind of like to flip it around because, you know, coaches like yourself going to to new programs, jumping into Detroit now with Coach Cross. How important is culture and fit when you're looking into accepting a position with a new staff? Man, (laughs) it's it's interesting that you just, um, you know, you're talking about culture and fit, you know. And I, at first, you know, when I was younger, um, especially my first three years in the college basketball, it's always because my boss used to embed that the Martin way, the Martin way. And culture, culture, culture. You know, it's most, it's, <laughs> Mike is one of the most overused terms. And so yeah. I said, I asked myself a couple of weeks ago, I said, why do we lean on this term so often? And, you know, we lean on it in business, education, and sports. But culture is really just a collection of norms and behavior, you know. Well, why don't we cut out all of the culture crap and start talking about the behaviors and what we want to see in our teams, our 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 our, our educational institutions, our our companies, our departments? You know, too many things get blamed on culture when in reality it's the underlying behavior, you know, that drives the norms of the, of the team, of the department, or the organization, or the company. And so, I, I culture used to be one of those hit words I used to love, but now I talk about feel, you know. So, you know, with this job here, I had a great feel. I knew because no matter whether you up or down, that person that you have a really good feel for is like a marriage. If you feel that you see that person, y'all got a, a connectedness, that feeling, then everything going to work out through all the different norms and all the different behaviors that you're going to encounter and endure, you're going to be able to overcome them. Yeah. No, coach, I like what you said about, uh, you know, behavior. It's like, I've, I've got four daughters, right? And whatever I accept and I allow in my home, that's going to be, that's going to set up the culture, if you will, (laughs) you know, whatever, whatever I just say, you know what, I'm going to turn a blind eye to that. Well, now they know I'm going to do that again and he's going to be the sucker. And, you know, and so, I, I get that. I get what you're saying completely. And then the feel part of it, that's something that's a, because like a good people decision. overuse it, Mike. I mean, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, you're right. You're right. Yeah. yeah. You know, people say, and I'm using an example where they say, man, Mike Lopez, he should be a finalist for the Long Beach State job. And well, <laughs> uh, Coach AD don't know 
uh, Mike Lopez. Well, Mike Lopez, just if he sent in his resume and you did your background check and looked at the pedigree, then if you get to meet him, you may have a good feel. Yeah. yeah. But if you don't get to meet him, you'll say, well, ah, it's not a good fit or he's, you know, our culture. Yeah. Oh, let's get a good feel yeah. for Mike Lopez. Yeah. And he, then I guarantee you everything else because you got a connectedness with him. Yeah. Yeah. It's not just a piece of a person on a piece of paper. It's not just a, a concept. Right. It's, it's, it's something uh, tangible, right. if you will. Yeah. No, I, I, I hear you, coach. I hear right. exactly what you're saying. I like that. I like that a lot, coach. So, you know, here again, working with coach cross now and, how do you look to implement his vision for for the program? How how do you look to just kind of interject who you are within that vision and to help it come to fruition? We'll be a bucket filler. I'm gonna be uh, a stakeholder. Um, you know, his 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 vision, his take the stairs philosophy. You know, not taking a short court court cut. Uh, in the court, on the court, and in the classroom, in life, you know, uh, I, I've always because I'm a I'm a I'm a grad uh, I'm a I'm a former player at the University of, of Texas Arlington, and so here's a relationship with with an individual that I've known um, for twenty plus years, and so over the years of my coaching journey, I've always leaned on him and emailed him or called him, yeah. and so when he implemented this take the stairs. Um, vision many years ago uh I, i've implemented it you know i've implemented my high school program taking the stairs driven you know uh, not taking shortcuts and and uh you know elevators are for lazy people you know let's take the stairs let's work you know being at the bottom you know averages uh simply averages simply being at the top of the bottom let's let's just keep climbing these stairs so it's always been uh instilled in me and so when he hired me, I'm so aligned with his vision and his the core values. It was just a perfect connectedness, you know, to, to, to take it to a whole nother level and for me to be a part of, of this journey with him. That's great, Coach. I, you know, uh, Coach Cross is very well known in the profession and has so much uh, influence as well. And I think, you know, when you can link yourself up with somebody like that and be like-minded and have a shared vision now, there's nothing but success that can can happen moving forward. So that's great to hear that, Coach. Now, you know, as we go on in our careers and we want to be patted on the back and told we're so great, the best thing since sliced bread, all that good stuff, right? Uh, How do you Mm -hmm. process the opposite of that, whether it's criticism or feedback? How, How do you kind of process that when, when you hear it? You got to drink it. You got to digest it. You got to understand when you drink it and you digest it and when it manifests through your spirit, wow. you'll learn, you'll evolve, and you'll baby implement. Whether good or bad, bad positive or negative, you got to drink it, digest it, Understand the process, and in the process, and it manifests, and it, and it goes down through your spirit. You'll learn from it. You'll evolve. You you will evolve, and you'll be able to implement and be able to go to another level. Wow, 
Good stuff, Coach. I like that. Drink it, digest it, understand the process, it manifests through the spirit. That's good stuff, man. Like here again, I'm always taking notes during during these interviews, and man, I got a whole page almost filled up, Coach. It's just good stuff. Now, when you think about, uh, you know, I think because of the recruiting situations that coaches find themselves in, connecting with players. And then those players jumping into the portal and transferring and whatnot. Uh, how do you process losing a player that you recruited and invested so much time into? It's life. You know, every 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 match is not made in heaven. Some matches are made in, in, in uh, purgatory. <laughs> so uh like you, you just have to <laughs> you just like you, you just have to um you know deal with it uh as it comes and, and and not be bitter about it be better and uh understand you know we have to really when evaluating you gotta stop recruiting with our ears and recruit with our eyes and i think that's why a lot of these transfers and this unhappiness and this entitlement and guys want to move, uh, whether it be to a lower level or to a higher level, uh, all because you recruited with your ears and not with your eyes and you really didn't invest in that person. That person did not receive the investment in return. So yeah, uh, that's, that's a part of it. Great stuff, Coach. I like that. You know, I think feel like you talked about earlier about the feel as well. You know, there's some, there's, you know, when you get that, like, uh, I don't know about this kid. Never mind what social is telling me, social media is telling you. I just, he never looks me in the eye. I don't know, you know, stuff like that. (laughs) You know, there's just something to it, coach. So I, I asked that question because I just feel like there's some coaches who really, really don't know how to process that. And they get their feelings hurt, and uh, you know, for a lack of better terms, just get their feelings hurt, and they never bounce back, and never trust anyone after that. And I think it's important to kind of dive into that, you know, those emotions, because uh, you know, we we really do have to learn how to process things out. Like you said, it's part of life. Uh, don't get bitter, get better. I like that. Good stuff. So, coach, throughout your career, you know, there's always that reflecting which you seem like a guy who's constantly kind of reflecting and looking and, and soul searching. Uh, what have you learned about yourself throughout your career? Another great question, Mike. Um, the first thing, man, I, I learned, you know, I'm going to give you an analogy. Being on top of a 20-story a, a building, and you gave me a plate, and I'm on a balcony, and I dropped that plate from a 20-story building um what's that plate gonna do break it's gonna break but i i get a a basketball full of air in it and i drop that basketball from the 20 story what that ball gonna do bounce bounce and so i took that mindset uh in my first mishap after i started stopped coaching high school basketball and i said who am I? And I consulted with guys like Kevin Sutton, Herb Weller, just my, 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 my bread, my, my kitchen cabinet per se. And I had to become a trampoline, Mike. 
question because you're going to get let downs. You're going to go for jobs and you're not going to get it. You're going to tell people that you're in there for a job and then they're going to tell us and stuff that they're trying to get a job. And so now you got, you always feel like you're selling, you're dropping. You, you know, you, you don't, you back down to square one. But guess what? Now, with my faith and my belief system, I feel like I've been like a trampoline, even in the adverse moments in life, especially uh, the things that I've that, that I've been through. Uh, I, I see myself in those adverse moments, good and bad, uh, like a trampoline, bounce back or a ball, you know, just bouncing back, man. Just being a comeback guy and learning from mistakes and learning, um, you know, just making decisions that at one point in my life, Really, one thought thought out properly, and 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 and, and becoming better from it. And so, I think having a trampoline um, mindset, having a trampoline um, understanding that you still can make a touchdown after you've been t- tackled in life. And yeah. so, yeah. Uh, I'm living with it, and I'm grateful, and um, I'm not ashamed. I have been through the storm and the rain. But yet, somehow I made it. Yeah. You know, the storms of life will come, guaranteed. And sometimes the storms in, in that come are self-inflicted, whether it's a mental or emotional or spiritual, psychological situation. But through it all, like you said, the bounce back, it's coming. Like, that's the mind, the, the right mindset, Coach. I love that because it's uh, you win no matter what. I always win. Like, I feel the same way. Right. I feel like. No matter what happens, I'm going to win. And I don't mean, you know, necessarily a a good or easy or a fun win. Sometimes those wins are tough. Sometimes you walk away from those wins limping, but you won. You won, and that's, yeah, you you, you woke up the next day. I'm going to tell you, a guy asked me, a guy I worked with, a national paper, he and I being good friends, he said, man, um, what happened? You start coaching as very successful as a high school coach, man. I said, you know what? I had a hiccup in life. You know, I, I took the shortcut. And, uh, you know, I, I, I stepped away from coaching high school basketball. I couldn't I couldn't teach. I was a teacher. Yeah. And I took a shortcut. But the thing about it, Mike, uh, five years later, the shortcut that I took, I went back and rectified it and passed my practice test. And they reinstated my teacher's life. So now... As a teacher, as a coach, I can tell these guys that I'm coaching, hey, man, you still can make a touchdown after you've been tackled in life. Yeah. Go back and right your wrong. And so the respect that I got because I, I made a mistake, but I went back and I rectified that mistake. And now I'm a better person, and I'm glad I went through it all to be able to tell my testimony. Awesome, Coach. And I think that's how <sighs> there's proof. I, I, I to me, a testimony is proof of what can be done in your life. Because people say, well, I don't I don't believe this. And like you talked about your belief system. Well, I don't believe that. And I don't believe that this exists, that doesn't exist. Faith, hope, joy, love, all that. But when you come out with a testimony, that's proof. It's saying, no, no, here it is. Here's your proof. You want it? I lived it. And uh, so good, so good, Coach. Quality. So, Coach, uh I view sacrifice in a couple different ways. One being what I'm investing into to people or things in, in time. And then I also look at it, what my family sacrifices because of what 
you know, I'm doing in the time away. So how do you view sacrifice in relation to the coaching profession? Um, you know, I, I, I had a son when I was in college, my last year in college, man. And, um, I've, I've helped be a part and impact other people's kids and my, my own child, my only child have sacrificed and, you know, suffered in a way uh, because the attention that I've gave other people's kids, yeah. I would, I didn't give my own child. And so I spent so much time saving other people's kids, yeah. even though my, my, my son's mom did an amazing job in my absence and my sister and our whole family did an amazing job of standing in the gap, man. When I was out paying for other kids, other parents, children, food, and, you know, making sure that they in the house for curfew and I had a little child, you know? And so if I, if I look back at it in hindsight, you know, I'm like, man, I, I sacrificed, you know, my own child to save so many other kids. And, um, you know, I don't regret it, but I would know how, you know, I was a young coach at the time starting off and I would, I had the opportunity to do it over again. I would really embrace balance, right? Wow. Really embrace balance. And, wow. You know, just understanding the true meaning of balance and sacrificing uh, for my own. Yeah. But I, I'm glad that I was able to impact of other people, you know, children and the guys and people that I was able to come in contact with over the years, man, uh, to be able to deposit something in their life. I'm, I'm not regrettable. I am unbelievably blessed and honored to be, ha to be able to be in a vessel in their lives. But when I look back at it, you know, m my child sacrificed my, my time and my, my talents, you know, in order to, be that beacon of light of hope in other people, you know, yeah. so that's great coach, man. That's, you said a mouthful because I think a lot of us as coaches, we spend so much time, like you said, in imparting things into other people's kids. And sometimes we, we neglect our own families and our own household. But at the same time, it's like, man, I just, like you talked about balance fighting for balance every day when it comes to that, just contending for the relationships that you hold so dear to you when you're building relationships all over the place, if you will. So great yeah. stuff, coach. Love, love the idea of, of a balance. And, uh, and I think a lot of coaches out there, we, we need to find balance. If you don't find that balance, uh, you know, you could, you could really tip over, you know, it's just, who knows? Yeah. And I think that's a, a caution, not a cautionary tale, but it could turn into one. And so to really take heed to that. So, Coach, I talk a lot, you know, at the end of every episode, we talk about legacy. And and it's so important. And uh, because every day you're laying out that legacy, one brick by brick by brick. There's You're leaving a mark on somebody, on a community, on a group, on whoever. And uh, so... What would you want your legacy to be when your career is all said and done, Coach? Man, that's a great question. <laughs> you know, John Eldridge, uh, John Eldridge wrote a book called 
wild at heart. Yeah. And in his book, he talks about that every man must have a battle to face, a challenge to endure, and something to love. And if they didn't have these three, their manhood is incomplete. Whoa. And so my legacy, I want my conclusion to be better than my introduction. Wow. I want to be dangerous. I want to be passionate, alive and free. But more importantly, I want to be complete. And so I want that to be my legacy because I want to be able to be able to have faced a battle, which I have. Uh, I, I, I want to, you know, have a challenge to endure. Uh, that challenge is to, you know, get to the NCAA tournament. I haven't done that as a coach or a player and something to love. And each individual that I come about and come in contact with, I want to be able to give them agape love. You know, whether yeah, it's a yeah. player, whether it's a community member, uh, whether it's someone that I just met like you, man, and, and give them some unconditional love, compassion, and I think that my legacy, my manhood will be complete because I've had been endured. I've been encountering with the wild at heart. Coach, that's fantastic. I love what you're talking about. I think every coach listening, we hear the word manhood, and it's almost a negative word in some circles nowadays in society. But at the end of the, but at the, end of the day, who we are, you know, man, that's so deep, so deep as leaders, as fathers, as husbands, as sons, you know, whatever, whatever, wherever we sit with people, whatever space we're in. Yeah. We, we, we really got to look at ourselves and yeah. figure out why the, why, why are we doing what we're doing? Why are we here? That's right. You know, how can we love more and uh, great stuff, coach. I really appreciate your time, brother. I really do. I, I, I know this content is really going to bless somebody and be of a great help. And so here again, man, just thank you for your time. I really do appreciate it. And I thank you for inviting me. Uh, I know you're on the cutting edge of something. Uh, Kevin Sutton reiterated to me um, yesterday that this podcast, you know, you got your podcast that's, that's booming. You got other podcasts that, that people are, uh, now doing as a platform, but I, I think it's a necessity. It's it's needed um, with real conversation, real people like yourself. They got a love. Uh, they have a holistic view on life and sports. I think it's you, you own to something, man. And Thank so you. Uh, I'm wishing you nothing but the very best. And I know yeah. you're gonna really take it to a whole nother level, man. Because every day is a day to get better. Amen. I appreciate that, brother. Thank you so much. Thank you for listening to the Creative Coaching Podcast. You can find us at iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Anchor, and you can even follow us on Twitter at Creative Coach 47. Thank you. <laughs>